Automation could be a good thing, but when it's used poorly in your outreach, it destroys one of the necessary components of your relationship with your prospect, reciprocity. In this snippet, we revisit my conversation on reciprocity with Jeremy Donovan, who was formerly the SVP of revenue strategy at sales engagement platform, SalesLoft. Listen to this quick snippet, and if you want to revisit the full-length conversation, scroll back to episode number 33. Jeremy, when you think about the misuse now of automation and tools like SalesLoft, what do you see some of the mistakes that people are doing with it? What do you see? How do you see that playing out? There was actually an interesting segue, I think, from reciprocity to this question, which is if you look at sales emails, right, that idea of reciprocity is being created because you as a seller have invested time, your time and energy and wisdom into the buyer and wind the clock back, whatever, five, 10 years, it was super novel to see your first name in the subject line, right? If I'm prospecting you and I put Dan in the, in the subject line, that was incredibly novel because it meant that a human took time to write your name in the subject line. Wind the clock forward 10 years, and that's just a dynamic tag that a machine does. And now it's almost like anti-reciprocity. It's like laziness. And so I, I think these things evolve over time. So misuse, I think, is going too quickly for the meeting without giving value first. Misuse is doing things that humans now know are done by machines and only doing those things. It's fine to use machines for augmentation to help out, but you still, I think, should invest in in your prospects. So another example of this would be like anything that just, hey, Dan, I see you are insert job title at insert company. And just you go on from that. So I think that's a mis misuse. Another misuse, as our data shows, is don't do anything that looks or smells like marketing automation. And more concretely, that's avoid any, almost any HTML type of treatment in your email. Don't change the font, don't change the color, don't highlight, don't underline, don't bold, like just don't do any of that crazy stuff. The best prospecting emails look like a, a truly personal email that you sent to a colleague in your workplace. So those things evolve over time. So if, if you were talking to Beck, she would say, hey, if I were prospecting you, Dan, I would, I'd listen to one of your recent podcasts and I would say, oh, hey, Dan, in that podcast you did with Jane Doe at, in minute 23, you said, and then she'll quote you back to you. And then she'll segue into whatever she sells and then go from there. So like a machine can't practically do what I just described at scale yet. So that right now is, is an amazing thing. Five years down the road, when everybody's mobile phone can do that, then that becomes a non-novel thing and you have to do something else. Go back to the bullet points. That one intrigues me because I know we've seen statistics here where I think it's something like 80 to 90% of emails, intro emails, are initially read via mobile device. And so... Spacing, brevity, and the use of bullet points becomes visually more appealing. So I'm just interested in that. Yeah. So we found that the optimal email length, I, I can tell people the exact number and it's around 50 words, but it, it varies. So anything basically up to about 100 words is okay. You're going to get 
above average reply rates. Once you go over 100 words, your reply rates dramatically drop. So when you're in the 101 to 200 word range, you should expect your reply rates to drop 24% from whatever they were. And, and it pretty much stays low after that. So you keep your email to your exact point, which is like optimize for, for mobile when you're writing your emails. And that means don't exceed 100 words. If you can stay even lower in that 50-ish word mark, you're in good shape. And then, yeah, absolutely readability is critical in mobile, but I think you can create that readability with short sentences and spacing. The reason you don't want to use bullets is because then it looks and smells and feels like automation. But again, I, the LinkedIn post that we hate to love, love to hate, whichever your perspective, right? They're like five word sentence, space, five word sentence. They're, they're almost annoying in that respect, but we are we still gravitate to them because they're easy to consume. And I think you can get away with the same thing. And the exact data on bullets actually is if you use bullets in an email, your reply rate drops 44%. A better thing to do if you need to do something like that is actually just to use a, a dash, like a hyphen at the beginning. And even that is worse than no hyphen, but the hyphens, if you need to use them, your reply rates drop 11%. So it's better It's better than bullets. And I think, again, it's I think bullets are are good when you're already in communication with somebody, but the bullets are bad in an email one. So when you think about these rules, I'll call them these parameters, is there any kind of segmentation going on via title that you guys have been able to determine? So the answer is yes, we can segment our data by industry, size, job level. So far, the data that I've looked at has really just been about what do reply rates look like by those different macro categories. And a question I had asked our CEO, which was, how do you want to be prospected? He said, I will respond if two things are true. One is that the person tells me something I don't know about my business, or they've attempted to tell me something I don't know about my business. And then two is that I have a reasonable expectation that the person and the company they represent are going to be able to help me. The other one is, I'll refer to it as bottom-up prospecting. And it's also another kind of quote-unquote slow prospecting approach if you want to get to the executive. So like rather than go right to the decision maker, what you do is you go talk to five individual contributors on their team and then just chat with those people, right? You're not trying to sell them. You don't want anything from them other than to understand a day in their life. And you're looking for inefficiencies, opportunities that exist to help those people. And then you can approach the decision maker and you can say, hey, I spoke to, and if the people, if the individual contributors are willing to share their names, great, you should ask them one way or the other. But you could say at at the very worst, hey, I talked to five folks on your XYZ team without betraying their name. And I learned a few things that I think would be of you know, interest to you, surprising to you, whatever language you want to use, I'd love to share those with you. It ties everything we're talking about together, right? The, the, the reciprocity element, how much time did I invest talking to your people independently with the value piece as well, and the authenticity and genuineness that that is something that a, a machine could not have done. If you're in a business that represents a slightly more high volume transactional type of process, how you use automation and how you use tools like SalesLoft feel like it's a little bit different than 
if you are selling something complex, just by receiving lots of emails and LinkedIn invites and all that, there is some slight nuances. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Context is everything with respect to every answer. Think about three different worlds, right? One is you're prospecting into a hyper-transactional segment. I think a point of sale, for example, is a, is a really good example of this. If you're like a square, whatever you swipe your swipe your credit card on when you go pick up your takeout these days, that's super transactional, right? And you probably don't need uh, to take the time to personalize. It's not even worth it. If you were to personalize everything, you would be lo- you'd lose. And the prospects understand what you're selling. They need what you're selling. It's a pretty competitive, it's almost commoditized, right? So in that context, yeah, like you're going to do effectively zero personalization. And you may even just say, hey, I'm going to be at your pizza shop next Tuesday is was 10 a.m. Good for you outside of the pizza rush time. And then you go right in the middle zone, which is pretty standard where maybe you just personalize, customize, tune, add value in the first e- Always adding value, try to add some value, but I, th- I think taking the time to actually personalize or customize the first email, maybe that's it. And after that, you just pick up more automation after that. And then in the extreme sense, is you're prospecting the must-win whale, the Fortune 10 or 500, whatever it is, company for you that you just don't want, you can't burn that through laziness. In that sense, you're going to look at personalize everything that you do. And maybe you'll take that bottom-up prospecting approach. Yeah, it absolutely depends on context and your ROI maximizing in your prospecting effort. This has been a Breaking Sales Snippet. To hear the rest of the conversation, check out the episode linked in the show notes and subscribe to the show so you're the first to know when a new episode drops.